Greetings everyone and welcome to the 181st edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. Howdy. Howdy. Good morning. And we've of course got our resident Eeyore, aka oh, Fitzy, aka Liam. Uh, you suggested no. it, so I don't oh. feel too bad. Mm. Did you guys see we hit 400 YouTube subscribers this week, by the oh, way? Do we? I did. That was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was nuts. This has been ticking up faster this recent weeks, so. huh? Isn't it weird how that happens? It has its little waves, you know. Mm. Doesn't doesn't move yeah. for a year. Yeah. Surely not a whole year. <laughs> Is there a bit of a delay going on right now? I thought you might be a bit weird, but I'm not too sure. Hmm. Are you guys fine with each other? Jordan. Liam. Wait, wait. Yeah. Did you purposely take it? <laughs> Sorry. No, try again. Jaden. Liam. Okay. Yeah, There's still oh. a bit of a break. Is there? Okay. Because I'm doing it instantly on my end as soon as I hear you. No, it. it's just not instant for me. Okay. 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 Hang on. Hang on. R- re- respond to me instantly now. 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 No, I, was, I, was, I was like, can we, can we start again? <laughs> 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 that, that was that was perfect though. That okay, was perfect. Okay. I think we're fine. I don't know what happened then. Anyway, anyway, I either they might have been a technical issue for a minute, or we were just being awkward, and I was trying to make an excuse for it. I don't know. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll just move on. This is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is The Killer, which was uploaded to Netflix on November tenth, twenty twenty three. It was directed by David Fincher. It is an action crime film. And the synopsis says, after a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. He does insist that like 50 times in the movie. Um, I was paying attention enough to know that. But was it actually personal? We'll need to find out as we discuss this. Fitzy, I want to start with you. We all watched The Killer last night, which uh, was fun. What did you think of David Fincher's latest film? Yeah, I, I had a good time. I had a good time. Um, it was very, you know, very tight, very, very David Fincher, very, uh, it was a very good thriller, you know, very tense. Um, I'm still, like, piecing everything together. If it, like, you know, if there's enough, like, subtext there, I guess, to, like, um, have a theme or whatever, but it's it, it works as a thriller really well. I was really just into it so yes i enjoyed yeah it's a movie yes. yeah yeah it sounds like i'm pretty much right there with you i i also did really like it um i'm unsure exactly how i feel about aspects of that for sure the story Fassbender was great editing was perfect it has one of my favorite sequences of the year in it i was i was super into a scene in this movie but it was also yeah light on plot at least on the surface, and that left me with some things I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah, and a story that feels a bit lacking, but I definitely need to, to yeah, I want to talk about that and sort of figure out if there is a depth there in certain areas. Um, but, yeah, in all filmmaking aspects, Fincher's going to Fincher, and, uh, yeah, it's a treat for sure. Jaden, what did you think? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much right there with you guys. Um, cool. I said to really like it. I think I think – two hours might be a bit too long for 
the lack of plot <laughs> that you're mentioning um, existing. Because I, I, it, it definitely felt like it started to drag towards the towards the latter half. I was checking the time a, a, a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. But I thought everything from everything from the the from 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 prologue to the lawyer was uh was banging. Oh yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Not prologue, but that was chapter one, wasn't it? Paris. Yeah. Paris to the lawyer. Paris to the lawyer. Then. Yeah. That it throws you off because there was an epilogue, but not a prologue. Hmm. Very confusing. Oh, oh sorry. Was, uh, did, did, did the credits cut off really weirdly for you guys as well? What do you mean, like the cut to credits, or no, 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 like, like, like they were showing the credits, and then all of a sudden, Netflix just completely disrupted it. Like it's not even like they minimized it and tried to advertise something else. Like they completely cut off the credits, and there was no way to go back to them for me. Oh, really? No, yeah, no. Mine went to the all the credits. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I wasn't sure if like the if that was like intentional and like the, like the credits were actually like super brief or some shit, or like mm. that was like a new screen like um. But that was that 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 was honestly asshole and it 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 it, it affected the movie in in, in a way. <laughs> it's gone down a point. <laughs> no, I bring that shit up all the time. Michael Fassbender, it really is his movie. I was sort of a little bit a little bit surprised by this. Like it really just was like. Totally his movie in pretty much every way. And everyone else was just supporting, came, popped up for chapters basically. And um, I was I was interested in that because, first of all, I freaking love Michael Fassbender. He's one of my favorite actors. And I feel like I just I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. You know what I mean? I feel like it's been a it's been a minute since he's popped up in a in a film for me. I think his last film was his last film, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is like <laughs> I think it was. So that's that's wild. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that aspect, but yeah, I, I thought he was really good in the movie. But something I want to get more into, but starting off, I guess on a performance level, was like for you, you'd like what was there? Was there enough in the performance and the character to sort of like latch on to? You know what I mean? Outside of it just being Michael Fassbender because he's Michael Fassbender, or was there like more there that drew you in? I guess from him that allowed him to carry the movie. I guess. There was, absolutely, for me. I think the whole Paris in apartment thing was really brilliant in establishing a kind of visual language for him and the kind of linearity of the mise-en-scene that he mimicked in his, like, body. Like, if you, like in the apartment, it's all straight lines, the exposed studs, you know, the, the, the bench, and then he, in his actions, it's all, yeah. like, direct and straight. And then the camera it emphasizes when he's doing his stretches, like the pointedness and it shows he's, he's a direct man. He's a straightforward guy. And then they use this linearity later on in motifs for the other assassins. Like that guy he recognized at the airport has that similar linearity. And then Tilda Swinton has that linearity about it. So, so this kind of thing that they established in the character from the start about the directness and about their kind of body language and visual kind of, you know, presence, I thought hmm. was really cool. <laughs> um, so I really appreciated that. That's a great observation. Yeah, absolutely. So Tilda Swinton. Sorry, yes. The 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 Florida guy didn't have that about him because he was a butch. He was a monster. He wasn't an assassin. He was a monster. You know. Yes. Good point. Good point. Wow. Already taken more away from the film than me for sure. Was so Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton was an assassin. Yes. I was confused about that. I was a bit confused. Okay, that makes sense. At first, I thought she was the client. But then, and then the chapter came out where, she, where the, we go to see the client. I'm like, wait, I thought she was the client. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Yeah, Fitzy, how did, how did you feel about Fazbender? I I was super into it. I didn't notice some of that stuff that Jaden brought up. That's fantastic. But for me, 
like I feel like I could just watch Michael do anything on screen. You know what I mean? I like any when he's just like brushing his teeth in this movie, I'm like enraptured. You know what I mean? Like he's shaving and shit. But it's like obviously yeah. it's cool because it's like you get there are these brief moments of of respite while he's still on the run, and that's kind of exciting in themselves. But regardless, though, like I just find him so engaging. But um, yeah, what do you think? No, he was awesome. The character feels like very prototypical for like a Fincher or even like a Michael Mann type film, you know. Mm. Um, he's like a character that's like, you know, the usual sort of pro and shit, but he's like defined as much by his like, by his um, contradictions, I guess. Like introducing him with like, um, he's like a, you know, a serious assassin who listens to the Smiths who and talks about the, the uh, how how much he doesn't care about the infinite, you know, like the infinite uh, void. Yeah. But like the Smiths as yeah. a band is like, you know, the imper- they're, they're, they're like yelling into the void. You know, they're like um, a melancholy, like emotional band. You know, um, <laughs> and then the whole thing being that he isn't on a quest for revenge, but like the whole time he is kind of like led by his emotions, I guess. He felt almost like an archetype of like, um, you know, as I said, like a Michael Mahon or, or a Fincher film, one of these like exacting yeah. people who have this like other side to them. So yeah, he, he, he was very, very cool. He was a cool dude. That, yeah, that is interesting. I sort of, when you put it like that, I do see I do see some Neil McCauley in there, you know, of like mm. this guy has his philosophies that he, you know, verbalizes all the time. But like, does he live up to them? Does he, you know, that's that's sort of a whole other thing. It, yeah, inter- interesting point. I don't know anything about the bands about the Smiths. Um, I read that they, they were the music and the trivia. That's a that's a really interesting point and choice there that they used to select that music then because I knew nothing about that because I was I was thinking, you know, when he's talking so much about the concepts of justice and karma not existing and, you know, basically we, we all, people are born and then they die and, all you know, all this sort of stuff that he's just talking about the very, he calls himself a, um, you know, a, a skeptic and all this kind of stuff that he just keeps repeating to himself as we get in the opening narration. It's like I was immediately questioning whether or not, like, is he trying to convince himself of this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, is he just saying it to try and drill it into his head? I didn't. I, I never mm. got. I never right, fell to that right from the start that he was steadfast in these things he's saying. You know. Yeah, uh, when when he was in the Paris apartment, and like there was like a one of the lyrics in the Smith songs was like like um, you know, you need someone else just like everyone else does. And I thought at that moment it would like probably <laughs> go, go into the narrative that it, that it does a bit of like you know him having a a partner or whatever. Um, so that was yeah. I think the music was like pretty telling somewhat. Um, yeah. But good, good choice. You know, I like the Smiths. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, oh, those. Hey. And that then Lance went to repeat. I like the Smiths louder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I cut that off. And then, um, he, and then he, and then he leaves the elevator. Do you know what we're referring to, Zach? Zero. No. Five hundred days of summer. I've not seen that movie. I know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Now that that's all. That's all very interesting. It sounds like very lyrically relevant. Um, and that that was another aspect of it too. Like when it was revealed, he had a partner. You know, just that fact alone. Like so. So when he gets there to the Dominican Republic and he starts, I love. I love the scene when he starts. Like he grabs out his pistol and starts sprinting towards the house. By the way, that was sick. But mm. 
when he gets in there, it's like, oh, yeah, so he has a partner, he has people he cares about here. That immediately struck me as interesting because I just feel like right away from the start, this guy was like basically telling me that like, you know, this is not something he would have basically. I feel like he was trying to set that scene. Um, right. which, yeah, so that was, that was like an immediate quick contradiction and a very substantial one. Well, yeah. That's just all about work-life balance, you know, that's not really, you're saying, you know, be, be, be emotionally distant in the job, not in life. Right. Okay. Like when, you, when you, when you clock into your nine to five, you know, it's just, you drain it all away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah makes that's, sense. that's, that's what I was thinking. Like he's trying, he, he, he's. Convincing himself, like, purely for the job, kind of. And uh, there's probably some stuff you can say about that kind of thing or, like, the um, yeah, precarity or whatever, like, the gig economy because um, he's in, like, a like a, a WeWork, you know, building, which is, like, weren't they, like, weren't they, like, sued or whatever? Or they were, like, I don't know. They, yeah, they, yeah, they were, they were destroyed, yeah. Right, yeah. Legally, but they, yeah. But they were... There were a company that that rented out workspaces. Um, but I don't know. There's something there, but I agree that it was like a work kind of persona kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. It was yeah. What like when he says he has no opinion on anything. Yeah, I don't give a fuck is what he has to tell himself multiple times. It's pretty on the nose there. It's like immediate immediate doubt from me. You know what I mean? Hmm. I feel like he does. I feel like he does. I feel like there's little moments throughout the film that sort of show that in interesting ways. But I don't want to get too far ahead because just I, I do have to say that like this this opening scene, chapter one, in this WeWork building was uh was just fantastic. I just I just really enjoyed it as basically this dude giving his master class on being an assassin. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like I just thought it was super cool seeing how he operates. Like, first of all, some great some great tips in there for wannabe assassins, like uh don't book Airbnb. Good stuff there. Um, it was just good advice, general. Sure, sure. Can't argue with that. I feel like no, we we had a good experience with Airbnb, don't you reckon? No, nah, I think they're becoming a real problem though. Like it's not oh, it's not like a cutesy little you know stay in, at this place. That's really fun. It's now like you know you need to live in this house. You need to take out the rose. You need to clean the house. You need to do all this. Right. Live by their rules, and you are monitored often. You know, and like. Six hundred dollar cleaning fees and two hundred dollar deposit that they keep every time. You know, it's like a, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's yeah, that is all. And people are buying houses to establish as Airbnbs, which is adding to the housing crisis. You know, it's becoming a real right. issue. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that necessarily. I, I will say that I can't remember his name, but the guy we had, the host we had, was like left us alone. So that's nice. Mm. What's his name again? Like Ralph or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys, if you wanna, you know, if you wanna book Airbnb with a good dude, find Ralph. Yeah, his name definitely wasn't Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, loved the yoga, loved the stretching, genuinely loved the training. Him going over the importance of details, the preparation. You know, I love when he said, "I've done my ten thousand hours." That was funny. So like. I don't know. I just like I just ate that shit up. I just thought it was very entertaining. And then like you know when you see how he sleeps up on the table, sort of that goes to the linearity Jaden was talking about actually, which is interesting. Where he slept was like almost alien, but it was cool. And keeping an eye on you know the planned sleeping schedules throughout the film, very deliberate. Um, sort of just getting into that, getting a glimpse into how one would have to work 
as an assassin, you know? I just thought that was all really well well realized. And and I also liked the fact that it was in like modern day, you know, he got to use like I don't mm, know what watch he yes. had, but I was like all the tech stuff. Yeah. I was surprised how current it is. The fact that he orders off Amazon. The fact that yes. he mentions Uber Eats and he uses that to get into the fucking apartment. Yeah. You know, all this even Airbnb Little. and all that mm. shit. And like <laughs> I couldn't believe how like current it was and but like and it remained effective in telling the story. Is is the book written like a few years ago, or is the book an old book that they that adapt full script to be modern? I read in the trivia that it's been something that Finch has wanted to make for twenty years because he loves the graphic novels. So for me, that no, I think the book's old. Okay. Yeah. I think they're a great way of integrating modern technology. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I loved. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think the inclusion of the brands, like Amazon, for sure, like obviously relevant to the plot, but also. I know, yeah, it just made it feel more real and more relatable to me. And like, yeah. I don't know, maybe you could argue that, like, I don't know, it makes it less timeless or something. I don't know, probably. But I thought watching it right now, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty damn cool, to be honest. And yeah, there's some, there's some great dialogue around those ideas too. Like, I love what does he say when, like, um, when he gets into the billionaire's building and he's like, he wants like every- Daisuke watermelon. Or the fuck oh, yeah. Yes, he said yeah. everything's watertight until a billionaire wants Daisuke watermelon. <laughs> That's a great line. So yeah, yeah, I just feel like the film references all that stuff really well, and like McDonald's. You know what I mean? I feel like mm, yeah, there's some, there's that, even that surprised me. Yeah, there's something there, you know. It's like yeah, but our films usually afraid to like be modern like that and have all these like all these like allusions to modern shit because I feel like mm. films and used to be as scared to do it. Like, even, even Finch, even like Fight Club has a lot of stuff that are like specific. You know, to the nineties. So maybe Fincher just doesn't care and other people do, but um no, it, yeah. it was very cool. Yeah, cool. I'm glad we all agree on that. Yeah, I think people probably are scared to do that, but I think it's great, personally. Yeah. I think I feel like we were told like in media, like, you know, uh, making a movie feel timeless is like an important step in making a good movie. Um, so I think like that idea is implanted in us young, you know. But I don't think it's yeah. really necessary, but yeah. It helps for sure. There's something there. Like I think it's in, it's important to consider. It's an important consideration and choice. I think that's what makes it, this work so well is that you can tell a lot of thought was put into how, like, we want to do this. We want to put these brands in here. We want to make this very relevant to 2023. How do we do that? You know, it doesn't just feel like it's just there because it is or whatever. Yeah, and the easy way out would have been to 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 adapt it into like a 90s type. Exactly. Know. Thing. how the book is or i, I yeah. presume how the book is yeah so yes in, in understanding the character and learning about the character that's that's sort of what i was along the ride for um obviously vast majority of that i, I, I don't, i'm not 100 sure but i i think like most of fazbender's dialogue is delivered through the voiceover i think probably more so than not and i liked this the reciting of the mantra many many times in the film but, oh, like I just love Fazbender's delivery. His creepy ass American accent's great. But I think it was interesting because I could see it maybe, maybe annoying some people just because he does repeat himself a lot, you know. Um, and like, I think that is a factor. But at the same time, like I think what made it work for me was the fact that it is very much. There's a better way to describe this, but like it's like diegetic voiceover, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like. When when the narration comes in into the film, he's literally thinking it in the scene. Like that's why it's there. It's not meant to be mm. some 
omniscient. What's the word? Omniscient. Omniscient. What omniscient. 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 What? Oh. Omniscient. Omniscient. Okay. Yeah. It's not some like omniscient, you know, narrative device or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like he's literally there thinking this shit, and he has, to, and that's why he has to repeat it to himself because every time he has to go in for the kill, he like literally thinks it to himself. So that's yeah. why it was effective for me. Well, his thought process is literally like um, it's like it's interrupted when the guy comes and like delivers the papers or whatever. So yeah. that was like a cool. Uh, you know, break and that was a great detail for sure. Yeah, and it's interrupted again when Tilda Swinton starts like speaking to like Tilda Swinton just starts talking and and it cuts off uh, when he's walking outside with it. So yes, that happens a few times, and I think that is genius. On a similar level, in in terms of diegetic sounds, um, do the constant cutting between the diegetic oh. Smiths and then the non-diegetic Smiths annoy you at all? Because it pissed me off after a while. Because <laughs> it was just so much. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Vitti, of that? That's interesting. No, I, I, I love that. That was very cool. Yeah. Um. It was very, very playful, especially mm-hmm. in that Paris scene. It was, really, it was. I feel like it, it. It almost like set up the 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 credits. You know the, the final like, song. You know, the, the the credits like um needle drop or whatever. It, it, it almost like set that up throughout the movie, but no, I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I just think it was too much and in rapid succession of you know the intervals. Yeah, you, yeah, because there are only a couple seconds each time. Um, and you know, had you did it a few times, had you even did it a few too many times, it'd be okay, but it was a few too many fucking times. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sort of in the middle. I think it was really cool, but I, I also must admit, I, I noted, is this is this going to annoy people? Because like and, it didn't like, annoy did, me. Did you, did you listen with headphones, or were you watching out out, out of speakers? I was watching out of speakers, but did headphones? Okay. No, did headphones like? Yeah, I think make it better? headphones. No, every t- I think every time oh. it cut, I can't remember if it was whether from his perspective or like the the general thing, but every time it would flip to only one side of the headphones. Um, so. Oh, it would make it, it would flip to one side. Wouldn't it make more sense when it's in his perspective? Probably, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, so that was also annoying, but you know. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool choice. I like it a lot. But yeah, like I can't. I totally understand where you're coming from, though. It is a lot. It is a lot. One hundred percent. I can understand that being annoying. But uh, yeah, I just I just thought it was still very very cool. I guess because the film does so well of like playing with the subjective and the objective in his perspective, like we've already talked about with the voiceover, but like in that, in that as well with the music, I just think that's cool. I think it's cool being able to dive into his head cinematically and then come out and then go back in and back out. Um, so I'm glad they, I am glad they did it in that, in that sense, I guess. Um, even though it can like break the flow of the scene, arguably, especially when like, like I love that whole scene, that whole kill. Um, like the whole staging of the of like the hotel floor on the other side, you know, and like mm-hmm. how you can see all the people. Like it, it, it feels very video gamey, you know, and how everyone's walking around and like you're looking mm-hmm. at all the different tires. Like, I thought that was very really cool. Feels very rear rear window. That too, oh, yeah. yeah, it did for a second. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought that was all cool. So I guess you could argue it sort of breaks the flow of that and the tension of that a little bit, maybe, but. I don't know. Regardless, I think like the the moment when when the kill happens and it's botched, it still totally worked because that was 
that got me. I thought that was a very, that was like a damn moment, you know, it worked. Hmm. Yeah, that was very tense. And like the, um, the actual shot of the, the bullet coming out, like the fire com- the coming out, the explosion coming out of the yeah. barrel, it was like, like very unique. It was like, um, it, it, it was probably the shot in the movie that most reminded me of like the, like the credit kind of quick, like montage kills or whatever, where it had like a very like, oh, yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were like these blurts of like, you know, flavor that were just sprinkled out of the film. In specific moments, it was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely some other ones for sure, but yeah, that kill was very surprising. So she just like she literally just stepped in the way, and that was it. Like there was, yeah. It's like very. I think his own thoughts almost got in the way. Like, cause he was like, he was like, he's still narrating and thinking and like convincing himself when he was doing it, you know? So he, he wasn't totally present, you know? Right. Okay. So that, that that's, I guess that's what, what I was asking is like, was it totally unlucky or was there something else involved that led to the botch? But you, so you think that like he was a bit. Distra- that's slightly that's what I thought of now, but yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he was narrating to him about the perfect moment to squeeze the trigger, but. <laughs> He had a few moments where he could have, but he was waiting for his heart rate to get to 60. Yeah. I mean, that's an impressive skill in and of itself. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But he had plenty of options to, to, to go. Yeah, he did. He did. And he, like, it, yeah, I guess it makes sense, but yeah, he probably could have done it earlier and probably got the job done. Yeah. The, sorry, just what, while you brought it up, the opening, the opening credits were, um, I liked them a lot because they were recognizably Fincher to me stylistically but they were also like like rapid they were like really quick compared to like you were they like you hit play on the film and they launch right into them and they're like over in 40 seconds um mm. which sort of felt like the movie it felt like the character it was like very and the whole movie's editing it was like very efficient like just here's the style but we're also like moving on real quick there's like there was a baby in one of those shots i like i, I watched i watched the credits time for the second time it was like closing a little like baby coffin or something Maybe I just missed it because it was blurry. But I like how it, it like whenever it faded to the next scene, it, it's like the image got like completely like wiped over and like shifted to the side, and then it just yeah. it, it was like a slideshow kind of. It was like swiping it, through his, you know, yeah. highlights. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, but like comparing Finch's Finch's uh, opening credits to a PowerPoint is like probably the worst thing ever. But yes, like hundred percent stories. There were no star wipes, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Overall, speaking on some of this, uh, the editing was just phenomenal. I thought, like, so efficient, and which obviously fits the character, fits the story perfectly. Like, especially, I loved like the whole sequence, basically of him, the moment, the moment from when it's botched, to him, basically to chapter two. You know, like him just getting out of the country. Um, I thought everything there was phenomenal. Like. Obviously, like seeing him dispose of all the evidence so efficiently was awesome. Like every time he like just nailed the throw into the gutter mm. and all that kind of stuff was cool. But, um, but even outside of that, you know, like the cuts in the airport, like very smart jump cuts from just brief moments every now and again, him in the bathroom, into the plane, him landing. It just all just felt very like every shot is the exact length it needs to be to communicate the tension and him getting the hell out of there while not wasting any time. You know. We didn't need like an extended scene of him in, in the line in customs or some shit, you know. I think this dude also edited "Girl with the Dragon Tattoo" on a few of his other films. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Gone Girls Off Network, Mank, and even hmm. his Love, Death, and Robots episode. Oh, that's a great episode. What's his name, by the way? We need to shout him out. Have you got his um, name? Oh, it was Eric or Kirk or some shit. Oh, okay. Okay. Continuing a little bit with that, though, and what Fitzy's already mentioned about the little moments sprinkled in there. I feel in impactful moments was what my one of my top ones was when the edit when he snapped the girl's neck the woman's neck in her house what was her name I can't remember but like you know the the lawyer's PA or whatever mm. Dolores was it I think. Yeah. yeah yeah yes yeah. thank you um like when that the, the, there's a few moments like that and obviously when he gets the when he kills Tilda as well they do that quick cut in felt very um I don't know if anyone knows. The video game Sniper Elite, but basically anytime you get it like a significant kill in those games, like it, it cuts to like a uh, just a quick shot of like the exact point of impact, basically, and the internals of it, and it felt very much like uh, that, yeah. which I thought was I thought that was very cool. I don't know if that's what you were talking about, Fitzy, but that stood out to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when, when it, I think when it has like one of those like close up shots, there's like. Specifically in that in, in that 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 opening kill, there's like a specific effect that the fire has. Um, but yeah, those close-up shots there there is a bit of it there as well. Um, but I'm talking about I, I guess more about like yeah the the bullets the the the, the guns and that kind of thing. But mm. it is a similar thing with the uh, other thing other like physical kills. Yeah. Was any of that present in? Chapter four, the brute fight sequence. Yes, yes, that was, that was like like um, the fire of the Molotov in that scene felt mm. very like original. You know, it, it felt like it was touched up quite a bit and had like um, a very specific kind of feel to it. Yes, could but, you argue an almost like graphic novel sort of feel to it? Maybe, um, perhaps. Perhaps. But yeah, that, that that the Floridian fight scene in general was, was awesome. That was like a huge action highlight. And some of the best action we've seen from Fincher, in my opinion. You know, hand to hand combat. Yeah. Absolutely. It was you, so know, you know that that Florida guy was in it was one of the dwarves in fucking Lord of the Rings or some shit. Like, he's, grown up, he's grown up quite a bit. <laughs> Hold on, I, th- I think he was a dwarf. Um, I'm pretty because I'm pretty sure he he he's in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Dude, he was fucking massive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. Sala, yeah, Sala Baker. Who, who's he? Who's he like? Uh... Oh, he's Sauron. Sorry. Oops. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's... Oh, he's okay. Sauron. Wow. Oh, and okay, he plays different roles in each of Lord of the Rings. Apparently. That's so funny. <laughs> he's one of the dwarves. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 thought a, I thought he was just like a like a dwarf. Oops. Yeah. My bad. Holy shit. Dude, the brute fight sequence was phenomenal. It was it was one of the best action I've seen in a long time. You know, year with John Wick Chapter 4, it might be my favorite fight scene of the year. It was unbelievable. Like, the performance of the choreography was unbelievable. The movements were so fast. There was tons of creativity with, you know, the use of the furniture, um, the dude getting impaled on the table, use of the couch, use of the, the, the environment, and even that little moment where he, like, goes in the drawer and, like, p- picks out that whatever that shitty-ass little bloody... Cheese grater. Non- cheese grater, yeah, exactly. Whatever. Mm. I didn't know what it was. That's exactly what I thought it was. he was going to start um, using that on him. I was like, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like if this were John Wick, he probably would. Um, so, yeah, or something like that. But 
and you know all that's happening meanwhile the sound is distorted the camera is the camera is shaking but not not like shaky cam it was like thumping it was like the camera mm. had impact with the blows themselves like it, it was it was unbelievable i just thought this was genius and like well, i'm glad you mentioned the cocktail too because it was like such a satisfying ending with the house burning and when he's walking away again and he, and like he comes back in with the motto you know, this is what it takes. And he's just walking towards the camera. I'm like, dude, this is fucking badass. You know, so just, I thought it was an incredibly designed sequence. And bonus points for not killing the dog because I thought the dog was yeah. screwed. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thought the dog was screwed, but thank God. So that was another that was another highlight for me. Um, Jaden, did you did you love the sequence as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fl- Fl- Florida was great as well. No, no, I think you described it well. I think I think that thumping with the camera is is is, is great. Because the the weight behind each punch just fucking you, you feel yeah. it, um, but, and, and it's I love quick the, at the same time. Yeah, I, I love the joke he makes about you know maybe there should be a thirty day delay on creatine orders. Um, and it's just just very funny, and then to have him just absolutely pulverize the next scene. I'm not gonna lie, I had to look up creatine. I'm not I'm not versed in this 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 male world. I, I, I don't know what that is. What is that? Uh, it's like a it's like a protein powder and, and but like oh. an extra effective one or some shit. And it okay. gives you the shits like not nothing else. Search up creatine okay. shits. You'll, you'll... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ask right. Charlie. He'll, he'll tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no Actually, I don't, I don't think he uses it, but some of the other boys do. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Right. No, I hadn't even heard of that. Yeah. No, just phenomenal. There was definitely, I, I noticed the sound and the camera stuff because just the second it starts and it dives right into it, like in the first few seconds, like, it, fe- it immediately feels different to action I've seen in a long time. And I was like immediately trying to pick up why. And I spent the rest of the scene just like trying to pick up those things. And I think yeah. that's what it was for the most part. The way that he just like, um, the brute just like runs at him as well. And uses his whole fucking body, you know, it's sick. Yeah. Yeah. It really felt, yeah, that's a great point. It really felt like that's an aspect of why they really felt like they were fighting for their lives, that they were really using their entire bodies, I guess. Yeah, exactly. To like, mm. to try and gain, you know, strength and momentum over each other, as opposed to just like a lot of choreography is, you know, just hands, hands, leg kick. You know what I mean? It felt like yeah, they were really throwing yeah. themselves at each other. He was using his weight. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so that was phenomenal. Huge shout out to that for sure. There's still some, still some questions I have about the character. I think we all might based on how we started and we can use this to sort of get into the ending a bit, I guess, but, Basically, how much does this guy give a shit? How much he does? He says, "I don't give a fuck." How much does he give a fuck? You know, because there there are these different moments throughout the film where you sort of question why he's doing what he's doing and and how much he will compromise. I guess because it was an interesting one with Dolores, who we mentioned earlier, when she asks him to kill her. You know, in a way where she can get her, her kids can have her life insurance. You know, which was a very interesting request. And something that, as it was posed, I sort of thought, he would he do that for her? Like, I don't see how it necessarily goes against anything he was going to do anyway. You know, so it was just this. It was just this interesting moment, but it would be showing empathy. I feel like that's hard to argue. So that was an interesting point. But then I think but he didn't do that, right? Like snapping his neck, snapping her neck. Does she get life? Does life insurance work that way? Probably. Well, it could look like she fell down the stairs. Because well, she, did, yeah. she did fall down the stairs. Good point. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, shit. No, that's a really good mm. point. So yeah, that's. So I guess he sort of did do that, but uh, yeah, it's sort of unclear exactly how much he really 
that got to him, I guess. Um, I, I would argue it did. And then obviously there's the whole motive of like why he went on this quest in the first place, which it is just revenge, right? I yeah. The- I was worried it might come off a bit John Wickish, especially to to people, especially to, to young audience that have only really experienced John Wick. Um, but I, th- I, th- I think it subverts that in a in in its slow burn. Like I, I, at the end? Yeah, because I thought I thought when he starts killing the lawyer, like when he kills Leo and then the lawyer, I felt like it's going to start escalating, but it never does escalate. So, yeah, I just yeah, I wasn't sure it was going to go that way, and then I'm still not really sure if it did by the end. You know, no. Well, I think the end is what's left me most confused. Why, why, why he, he tracked down the live? client. And, yeah. and why he just had that conversation. Because I, at the end of the day, I guess the client, the thing is, if, if, you, if you see the client as not having a significant role, then Dolores didn't have a role either. So there was no reason to kill her, you know, like, because the client still chose to say yes to, you know, whatever the fix up was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it stumped me a bit. Uh, the The only thing I could really think of was that, like he had changed by the time he got there, you know. Like by the like at the time, at the time he killed Dolores and he was doing every, killing everyone else. Like if you'd asked him, he was definitely going to kill the client. But then something changed before that. That's it. That's really the only thing I can think of. Well, because otherwise, I don't see how it's totally consistent with the beginning mm. of the film. But it was very, no doubt, it was very surprising, and obviously very important when he doesn't kill the client. I was shocked, to be honest. Yeah, that was weird, but I think maybe he was like, he thought he was on a revenge quest versus um, against the client because he bankrolled the whole thing, but he was on a, he was really on a, on a quest of vengeance against the kind of the industry as a whole, you know, his whole, his whole system of work, which like um, allowed them to like track down his, you know, his uh, partner, I guess. Um, and maybe it's even like more valuable, like not to kill the client, because as he says, like, you know, the higher profile, the guy you kill, the more kind of the police care. So he might have like a lot of heat for that. But, um, so maybe it was just like more efficient to to just like threaten him. Um, but I I don't think there's something, something to, to be said about him, like going against his whole, the whole, um, like infrastructure of um yeah his profession um and with like the mention of all the different like gig jobs like amazon and um yeah amazon uber and yeah all that shit um it feels like it's it feels like it's directed a little bit towards um you know the the temporality of uh gig work or something something like that you know precarity the Right, that right. Kind of, that that's kind of interesting. Thing. Well, so he, he was like a crypto billionaire, right? That's what. It, that's what's that one? Um, I don't know. It's kind of. I didn't. Vague, I guess. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. Because they were talking about like the Bitcoin deal in the in the locker room, and then also on the phone at the end, weren't they? Oh, were they? I didn't. I didn't catch that. To be honest, probably. I don't know. I don't know if that's. I don't know. It might be important. I don't even know. But no, that's such an interesting parallel, like drawing like comparison between a hired assassin and an Uber Eats driver. But like, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I think there's something there. I think that, that, that that's like part of the reason he includes all these the, these yeah. jobs that you kind of do for clients, you know, in the in the movie. Um, all these modern enterprises. Yeah. Right. So I guess in that way, would you say like the quest? I guess whether it's this from the start or not, it's another question. But like the quest is, yeah. it's like against those who participate. Or those who like enable, you know, the 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 system to function as it does. You know what I'm saying? Like all like the yeah. as opposed to like he doesn't actually harbor any significant ill will towards the client because he just I don't know he just like well the client's kind of clueless. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But these people know that are in the business is, know that knew that knew what they were doing knew the harm they were causing. Is um his vengeance is against the people who don't allow for for. Job security, or like life, you know, security in general. I guess at, at the end he mentioned security, um, and it, I think it's as much about that as it is about you know revenge or whatever. That's interesting because mm. what he said. So yeah, I um I rewatched the epilogue because it stumped me. He said he says revenge. Uh, the, sorry, he says the need to feel secure is a slippery slope. The only life, sorry, I'll just read the whole thing. The only life path is the one behind you. If you can't accept this, maybe you're not one of the few. Maybe you're just like me, one of the many. I, I like. I almost took the last two lines as ironic. In that, maybe you're okay. Maybe you're just like me, one of the many. In that, like he's now, like he knows he's one of the few, or he was one of the few. I think he believed that at the start, but like, in now that he's completed this mission and he's gone into hiding. Like he's he's becoming one of the many on purpose. That's sort of how well, I read it. Well, maybe it just speaks to the hypocrisies that he talks about throughout the film in his narration that you guys were talking about. The, his, his his repeated motifs of you know, right? Like he thinks he's one. Of, he wa- thinks he wants to become one of the few, but he realizes he's just not. Yeah. The thing is, I think it's genuine. You know, it's it's not it, it's not him intentionally becoming one of the many because there's that twitch in his face of like. He feels something's wrong. Yeah, that's sort of what I, I guess I read. That like he, um, like it, 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 he's trying to become a regular person, going to hiding, going off the grid, living off his money, like the lawyer said he should. He's like he's doing that now, but like it's sort of against his nature. Is sort of how I read that. But yeah, I just that in 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 the second to last shot, just before it cuts to his face. The curtains billow a little bit, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Someone meant to, is someone going to step out of there?" Um, <laughs> so, so that's why I was just thinking, like, it, like you know, it has has the billionaire extracted revenge? And, um, wow, that'd be something. But I guess not. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think that last scene is definitely what left me most confused, and I, I, I still. What, what does he mean by the path behind you is your life path or whatever the fuck that is? You did philosophy, both of you, didn't you? Stop, stop mm. putting pressure on us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am clearly confused, but I must say that, like, it's interesting because I, I can't really say it's a satisfying ending because it is so confusing because the arc is so unclear. But at the same time, like, I must admit, like, as surprising as it was, he didn't kill the client. Like I'm glad he didn't. I actually rather this because like what what the other ending is what he killed the client and then he goes home. It's like okay, whatever, you know. Like I don't know. This is there's something here that if, I'm really if he killed about. the client, I think it makes his paranoia more justified 
that I read, or the paranoia that I'm reading anyway, um, because right. he imagined an, an international manhunt. Whereas I guess there's still the paranoia that maybe the client is setting up killers again, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true too. I guess I, I think there was a real fear in, in 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 the in the ending that I I just I don't know where it's coming from from him you know yeah if it's not yeah yeah right if it's not the client just doing this again yeah I do what you mean is that what you mean yeah like he's out there and can just still you know can, mm. yeah pay more people to do this shit mm. but then even as a character like I don't know what it like what the point of introducing that right there is right. You know? Right, right. It's I, I get. I am just. I don't know to what extent I'm meant to feel like it's an arc. Feel like that's that's why the satisfying aspect, of, the satisfaction aspect of it is so stum- uh, confusing to me. It's like, is it an arc? Is it a journey? Is it a? Is it just an unveiling of what was there the whole time? Was there enough previously in the film to establish any of these ideas effectively? You know what I mean? I that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough here. I guess it's just too early to say, or at least it needs another watch, I guess, because I just I just don't know if there's like just need someone smart to watch it and then fucking explain yeah, it. Ge- genuinely that or or if it's not communicated well enough, I just don't know, you know. So it's a bit unclear to me. I don't know, I think it, it, it's about how maybe you could just read it about as being about like how he couldn't remain committed to his whole philosophy. I guess in general, fate is a placebo. Though this is something that he needs to remind himself that he's on this like ordained path um, of like I don't know, like um, it, kind of like solitary, solitary, uh, you know, success or something. Um, I don't know. It's hard. Hmm. It's hard. Hmm. This needs a rewatch, man. This needs some deeper thinking. I think. Oh. But- I'm glad it's here. Dude, I just read in the tri- trivia that says, similar to Baby Driver, in the opening chapter, um, when he's listening to the music with the one earbud in, if you're watching the film with headphones, the music only does play on one side in the POV shots. So you're you right go. about the POV shots. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Sorry, nice. I just kind of interrupted you. I probably read that there when I, when I was scrolling and forgot, to be honest. That's probably why I asked it. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with your discussion, though, between you two. I feel like you guys should have resolved this <laughs> Sorry, Jen. Well, what does yeah, he say earlier? What does he say earlier in the film about, um, you know, your life path being behind you? Because earlier in, in the film, he says like, even I have to remind myself, um, and then the line, and then blah blah blah. It was the same thing. Even I have to remind myself, the only life path is the one behind you. Was did he say anything like around that though? You know? Oh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. But it, it, it didn't change, though. I don't believe. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I remember it was the same. Yeah, but okay. I'm just trying to think, like, what, it, like, how you could relate it to other things. I guess. Uh, Does it mean he's just going to fall back into the pattern? Uh, like, he, he can't retire. Does it? Is that what it means? Like, he can't hide from what you've been doing? Is it, is it meant to be just something like that, or is it? Is that too dumb? Well, that's what I. Well, that's what I thought. I, I don't think he's literally going to. I personally didn't read the ending as like he's going to become, he's still an assassin. He's going to go. I, I thought he was done with the job being an assassin. I thought that's why killing the client was not killing, sorry, letting the client live was important. I thought that sort of was him stepping away from the job. But mm. I, I guess that's what I mean. In like when I, in the ending with the little twitch of the eye, it's like that's always 
him though. Like he is that person. You know what I mean? He is a killer at the end of the day. That's who he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, but yes, I don't know. That's sort of and like you know he sort of it's kind of come trying to come to grips with that. I guess like he knows who he is at, at, at the core. That's again. That's that's really what I got away. That's what I took away from it on a surface level. But I feel like I feel like there's more. But but you think he was he's he's still one of the few trying to fit in, but I think more that he was never one of the few. He was always one of the many. Right. Okay. That's interesting. I th- I don't know. I think he's one of the f- well. When he brings up the point at the start about how none of his he reminds himself that none of his actions and none of his kills are going to have but what is he they're not going to put a dent in the statistics of how many people are born or die per second, mm-hmm. which was an interesting point. So. I guess to me that sounds like he's trying to convince himself he's one of the many, but he's not. But he is. But, but, he's, he's, he's being he's being manipulated the entire time. He's oh. always he's got. There are higher figures that are still controlling him. You know. That is, yeah, that is, he defines one of the few as the people who you know exploit the system and that, and that kind of thing. Um, so from a from a certain standpoint, he could never have been like one of the few um, because he's a. He's a gig worker, you know. He's he's a he's a Uber. That, he's a you ever really yes, gig workers? Yes, no. That actually, <laughs> <laughs> I like. No, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. That makes that makes more sense. Yeah, and that is consistent. Because yeah. even by his like self, his 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 self described definition of 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 the few at the start, he doesn't fit into it. No, you're but right. He's trying to convince himself yeah. that he is. Yeah. Wait, sorry, he's trying to convince himself he's one of the few at the start, do you think? At the start, I think he is. Right, so is that the, th- is that, is that the thing? He accepts he's not one of the few. And, that, and he realises that? Probably. I, 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 think that's what, I think that's where I'm leading to, I think. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. Because if he doesn't kill the – sorry, if he were to – oh, my God, I keep getting that mixed up. If he were to kill the client, I think that would make him one of the few. Yeah. Because he killed the client. The client's huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think any of the kills he makes in the film are making one of the few at all. Based on who he goes after, so yeah, but that does go against my idea of the eye twitch. So what's the eye twitch? Mm, maybe is it like an eye twitch? You know, just... <laughs> no. Is he like so? Okay, let's take it. Okay, let's take it as from the start. He's trying to convince himself he's one of the few. He realizes he's not one of the few, and he accepts he's not one of the few. Is the eye twitch the fact that like he's that annoys him? Yeah. Like he wishes uh, yeah, he yeah. was. Well, I think you could also read What's it more? as like he has this persona of like, um, uh, of like total, you know, dedication and con- conscientiousness and a lack of empathy and all these things are going to, all these traits are going to help him, you know, um, excel into the stratosphere and become like one of the few. But then when he has the encounter with the billionaire who's actually one of the few, you know, like, financially and uh in reality um he realizes that this person is just like like really careless or whatever and isn't necessarily like it's it's totally like um antithetical to 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 his whole like work persona and everything that just kind of like stumps him and then he realizes that the many and the few like dichotomy is much like dumber and simpler than maybe he thought it was Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the start, he defines it as like, you know, rules and 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 and, and these like elite yeah. in society. When 
really the, the this fear this, this this dude is just like a crypto bro you know ruling us all <laughs> through his through his uh yeah. thing rolling his this, this this system yeah exactly he basically all he did was like for this whole the whole events of the film to take place basically all he did was like you know when you check out on like an online shopping cart and you like tick an extra option like get an add-on you yeah. know what i mean it's like you basically tick the extra add-on of clean the cleanup add-on and that was basically it mm, yeah it's like yeah that was that was the whole the whole movie was just his 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 expense in that little box yeah yeah pretty much I like that. I like that a lot. That makes sense to me. Hmm. I also don't, yeah. I mean, it also gives me, personally, I don't think, I don't think Fincher would make this film nor have such, like, based on what I read in the trivia, would have such a love for the source material if, if there wasn't some clear identity in these, in this conversation we're having. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I think, I think there's, I think, I think I'd love to talk to him about it. So I feel like he'd feel really strongly about it about one way or the other or whatever. Let's do it. All right, let's get to our final verdicts for The Killer, Fitzy. Me first? Okay. Um, final in quotes based on that conversation, by the way. Mm. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, I'll, make, I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. I really love the film. Wow. Um, you know, uh, uh, these, these, these thematic issues will resolve themselves over time, I'm sure, with... Mm-hmm multiple film video essays and the kind of osmosis, cultural osmosis that comes with that. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, that information getting, getting you know, propagated throughout the atmosphere. Um, well, you used a lot of fucking big words. My God. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll, are you saying I'll breathe in the oxygen that gives me the answers? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know this this information from these um, experts will, will will circulate and um, yes yes exactly you'll you'll receive it through just the culture in general but um no yeah yeah it was a, I, th- I thought the action was amazing you know the style was awesome editing top notch acting hundred yep. percent you know so it's a fresh film yep. fresh tomato nine out of ten fresh tomato yes indeed yes indeed. Um, yeah, I'll slap an eight on it. I thought it was great. There were moments, Jana, you mentioned this at the start. I don't know if you have any expansion on it, but there were little moments where I was like, I must admit, like the pacing like wasn't, I would have, I could have cut a little bit maybe too. I don't know. But actually that feels weird to say now that I say it, but like probably like little moments probably in in like chapter, I don't know, probably like Tilda Swinton's chapter, to be honest. Mm. Like I, I respect Tilda Swinton, yeah. but like, that was like the least interesting chapter to me, and I feel like because it was she, sort of a rehash. Yeah, she didn't add too much. Like I think no. I appreciated the 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 face to face dialogue that he was finally having. Yeah, and, and 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 what she made him realize in that kind of IRL interaction, but it didn't really add a whole lot. Yeah, just yeah, it didn't add a lot, like you said exactly. So yeah, there's something to that maybe, but yeah, I'll give it a name. I thought it was a great movie for sure, and. uh there are, the, the fact that I don't I don't know if we're correct in anything that we just talked about with the ending, but yeah, of course we are. But I, I do genuinely think we're on the right track, um, and like we're, we're in the realm of the, the conversations we're meant to be having. So um, uh, and the fact we're having them is fun. So I like that. I like that, Jaden. I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's strong Fincher, but I think it's not near the other stuff that I really mm-hmm. love from him. Um, 
I think it definitely has a potential to grow over time, like Liam was saying, with with the propagation of ideas um, from culture. Exactly. Um, I, I I think it left me with a lot of weird feelings um, in terms of um, this conversation has helped tons, and it could it it could honestly be an eight after this, but I think just based on where it left me as a film, without this, you know, I, I think it'd be a seven. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, coming in, I was on the line between a seven and an eight, so I was mm. undecided until this. So yes, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Let me tell you, if we can do it, anyone can, and that's thanks to Zencaster. Like a lot of other podcasts out there, our show is recorded over the web every week. But trying to record a podcast with platforms like Zoom and Discord can be an audio quality disaster. I'm sure you've heard some of the podcasts I'm talking about with long delays, sound cutting in and out. It is not pleasant. Zencaster captures studio quality sound for all of your guests right from your web browser. Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And with Zencaster's all-in-one platform, you can create and distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations all in one place. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code CINEMAEFFECT to get 30% off your first month of any paid plan. That's Zencaster.com pricing with promo code CINEMAEFFECT with an E for 30% off today. Feel a sense of zen with Zencaster. Let's get into news chat. Slash trailer talk. All right. Um, there was a Madam Web trailer. So this is a Sony Spider-Man spinoff, uh, you know, that have brought us the likes of the Venom franchise and Morbius. So we got another one of these ones in association with Marvel. Uh, Jan, what do you think of this trailer? Um, I think it looked awful and I think I'll love it. Um... Uh, that, that one got him. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Please go. Um, it looks. It looks. Um. It 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 looks cheapish, and 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 the story doesn't look entirely convincing. And from what I've read, apparently the villain in it is just like a discount Morbius. I haven't, which I haven't seen. So I don't know. We'll see. Um. But it looks like a lot of fun. I think Spider Man is one of my favorite superheroes. Um. I think he's awesome, and I will always consume stuff in that universe. Um. And I think it's really great to have this kind of roster of characters coming to screen um in in spider-man and spider-woman sorry and and madam web um i think they're cool um i don't know um it looks very it it looks very cw though um costume wise and the way the kind of i don't know the, the editing of the trailer just makes it seem like it's done on the cheap but um i think it looks fun and i think i will always take a chance on it okay Okay. And plus, it's got a bank of cars. I mean, um, the cars, Johnson, yeah. Sydney Sweeney. Unreal. You know, how do they keep getting these casts for these movies? It was I like know, dude. in Morbius, it was bloody Matt Smith and mm. uh, and what's his face from um, what's his name from Chernobyl? I don't know. Yeah, this trailer was. Um, I've got no idea if this movie's going to be good. I sort of, I'm sort of leaning towards no, but it was kind of a mess. I I, I don't know anything about Madam Web. So, like, what's the whole? So, the whole time thing is that a real thing from the comics? Like she sees the future? I don't know. I haven't read enough of the comics to know. I've got no idea. So that's cool. So and the villain so the villain to me just looked like Spider Man, but like villains like a villain? Spider Man? Yeah. I thought I thought it was weird, weird you know, yeah. It was yeah. very weird. So yeah, I don't really know what the hell's going on there. His um his costume looked very inspired by Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Hundred percent. Um yeah. 
so at first I thought it was going to be that, but then apparently everyone in the comments was saying, no, nah, it's just some random dude that has like shit powers. Um, yeah, yeah. On yet, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I've, I don't know. Yeah, th- th- so like just premise-wise, it was interesting, you know? Sort of, I don't know, it struck me as like it could just be sort of popcorn trash maybe, but mm. um. Yeah, I don't know. I probably won't see it, but like, looks okay, I guess. Again, like, good point about the car. So, so we had Sydney Sweeney up in there. We had bloody, what's his face from, uh, what's his name from Severance? What's his name? I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to remember, and I fucking hate that I can't remember because he's because he, yeah. he's great. Um, yeah, god damn it, guy. The Parks and Rec guy. Parks and Rec guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it Mark something? Adam Scott. There you go. Adam Scott. Oh, no, 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 Ben White. Hold on, wait. Is that this character? No, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's it. That's it. All right. Let's move on to Jan. Uh, you watched the Percy Jackson and the Olympians trailer yeah. for Disney Plus. What's going on here? Um, I don't like it, um, but that's because I come from a standpoint of only ever having read the first Percy Jackson book and loving the Percy Jackson movies growing up. Absolutely loving them. I know everyone else hates them. Fucking love them. Right. Interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah. Because I, I think the updates made to the movie were necessary. I, I, I think having a 12-year-old as, as, as the main character for, for, for this upcoming series is going to be an issue. I think, I think updating the character to be 16 in the movies is great. But this, 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 this trailer solidified my thought of I do not want to see 12-year-olds as demigods going on these massive quests and shit, you know? I think it's, I think it's different when you have things like Stranger Things or It where the child cast is contained to one setting and is very kind of intimate in location wise. But when you put 12 year olds on a fucking journey, I think it just becomes a bit weird. And especially, I don't know, I don't don't really, I don't really care for it. I don't know. I just love the, I love the aesthetic of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, of the 2013 movie as well. Um, So seeing like all the updating done to this one, you you know, I'm like, it's more book accurate, whatever. And I know that Rick, Rick loves this one and he hates the movies and, you know, as couldn't give a fuck about Rick, to be honest. Um, so, like, I really do not care for this trailer. I think I saw a lot of people were pleased, um, but yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I don't really care. Yeah, no. You just, you just reminded me how much uh, I've seen that movie, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yeah, I've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah, dude, so much. Mm. I, I like it's just, dude. I just love that era of like, like, like Logan Lerman, like Alexandra Daddario. Um, uh, uh, that the the evil guy in the movie, um, he's great because he's also in I'm Number Four, and I love him. And like, it's just such a banger, and just like aesthetic wise, and Lady Gaga in the casino, and like oh, yeah. using an iPod to defeat Medusa. Like, it's just it's just so it's just so good. It's just so good. I love it. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. No. no okay. No. What? People, so, so people, so people don't like those movies. And people hate like, those movies. People hate them as with 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 a burning passion. Rick hates them right. with a burning passion. Right, right, right. Interesting. Okay. He's never actually seen them because he hates it that much. Oh, that's weird. Okay, all right. I mean, if it's your own work, I guess it makes sense. Okay, very good. I also watched the Garfield trailer, and uh, <laughs> Chris Pratt is Garfield. And, uh, I thought that was a joke. I thought people were parroting the the no, the Mario no. the Mario tweets at first, uh, when like when like Chris Press Garfield was. I thought I thought that was just like Pokemon and like the Mario thing, but no, he actually is. He is he is playing Garfield, which is what a what a back to back. You know what I mean? What unbelievable lead performances here from Chris. Um, 
the trailer was cute. I liked it. I don't know if I'll say this, but uh, it was cute. I like Garfield. You know what I mean? I mean, I just like cat characters, as you guys know. He's like, mm. he's like, a, he's like a, he's like a funny cat character that likes eating food, and like, I, I, sounds good to me. You know what I mean? So, and like, there, there was like this cute opening scene in the trailer, which was sweet. And then he ate a whole pizza, and I'm like, damn, dude, that's good. So yeah, I don't know. I might be up for it. Have you guys seen the um, the Bill Murray ones? Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Multiple times. Have you seen the animated one as well that came out? Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Garfield gets real or something. something yeah, like I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've, no, seen, I've, I've seen, seen that. Yeah. 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 The, the art styles, it's not exactly the same as that, but it's it's inspired by it. Like you can tell, it's it's um, it's like an evolution of that art style. Which feels weird to say for like a big budget twenty twenty four movie. But so yes. so does this does this exist in 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 Garfield gets real law or is this like a is it a reboot? Is this a, is it's, this a it, it's it seems like an or, like an origin story. <laughs> 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 so it I think I assume it's just like a reboot, yeah. but unless it's the origin story till he gets real law, I don't know. Is that why he's eating pizza and not lasagna? Is this like? Is he gonna like learn to love lasagna for the first time? That would be incredible. That would be fantastic. That is that's the origin. His, that's his arc. Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's fantastic. Garfield meets lasagna. Nice. Okay. All right. Very good. Now it's time for our highlights of the week. Fitzy, what have you been watching? Well, I've had my highlight chosen for me this week. Andy requested I talk about. A film, um, safe. I watched, yeah, yeah. I watched um, yeah. safe, which was um, a movie with um, Julianne Moore. Um, I believe you guys saw it at the like some fancy Melbourne theater or something. Didn't not you? just Acme. Ac- That's a fancy Melbourne theater. Um, not really. Is not. Nah, it's just it's just no no. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of bored by it, but it's an interesting movie. Um, Julianne Moore's character is like probably one of like the most like quiet, one of the most like um, one of the quietest and like most like passive characters I've ever seen. Kind of, she's like very timid, and she's kind of it feels like she's the character's like kind of intimidated by the world or something, and all these um, she gets sick basically off of the environment she gets environmental illness and joins a kind of cult um yeah it, it was you know intellectually interesting i guess but just kind of lacking in um lacking in a lot of like conflict and ten- tension but um mm. yeah it's still i still recommend it you know it's got some cool mise scene as i said to andy with the uh, the house and you know the end of the, the ennui um of a um, you know, domestic life. So, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, it's it, it's a movie. It, it's a... It's got a very high it, rating, by the way. It's got a four on, on Letterboxd. Does it? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm but, sure. <laughs> Damn. Is it, so, is this an old film? It's a 90s film, yes. Okay. Okay, that is very Set old. in the 80s, I think, right? Wow. Mm, yeah, it's very eighties aesthetic. You got the, you know, the yoga, yoga fits, the yeah. index. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. Okay. Might need to check it out. Is it long? Nah. Ah, uh, pretty short. I, I, it's not on anything. I don't think because I watched it on oh. Tubby, on uh, in the US Tubby Tubby. 
Um, w. <laughs> I should, we, we, oh, is it? Tu- yeah, Tubi. I've only ever heard it called Tubi. Yeah. Let's go with Tubby. Um, I like that. Um, I was oh, uh, not much. We've been watching Lessons in Chemistry, which is this um, Apple TV show with bloody Luke's favorite actress Brie Larson. Um, and it's uh, it's good. It's pretty decent. There are some things that, and I, it's one of those things that, like you know, you go into it knowing the whole the whole gimmick of it, basically, for lack of a better word. That's actually probably a poor choice of words that'll get me cancelled, but. Um, is is like the whole it's like the whole feminism like you know she's like a chemist in the 1950s you know what i mean so it's like yeah, overcoming sexism basically is sort of the whole basis of it and um so you sort of go in knowing that and there's going to be some like overtly like over the top you know sexism in it you know what i mean that's sort of like this is a bit much sometimes you know what i mean but um but then there are other scenes that are good and real Larson's really good um so yeah, it's good. It's not quite. I actually, I thought we we were going to finish it this week, but then it turned out not all the. I, we started it because I thought all the episodes were out, and then we finished it, and we realized, oh no, there's two more episodes still coming out. It's like, oh. mm. <laughs> so that was a bit anticlimactic for us. Mm. But yes, um, Jaden, what have you been watching? Yeah, when Brie Larson was a respected actress prior to the Marvels. Yeah, I think I think this is what uh, that's like. Why she's you know, I think this might yeah. be trying to reignite some of that, you know. She's fantastic. She's very good in the show. Mm. Very, very good. I watched. Uh, I, I watched Terrified too, which I was, I was talking to Liam about this uh, late, late, late sometime last week, and I was like, I'm really dreading watching it because I, I just hate it, but I need to get it out of the way because um, Terrified one sucks ass. Um, but <laughs> what happened to not watching shit you don't want to watch? That's for TV series. That's not for movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah cause, I appreciate cause, that. Movies are done in two hours. TV series take fucking ten. Yeah, that's um, true. He, he was. He wasn't even talking to me. You're informing Lucky uh, um, that you need to watch Terrifier too. No, I was talking. To you were uh, both in the call. What do you mean not talking? You fucking. Okay, I wasn't the one responding though. Lucky was the one talking. But yeah, well, you were both there though. Okay, right? okay. Yeah. And you're the one that cares about. I just found it funny that. Yeah, but I found it funny that you know you're talking to Lucky about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, keep going. So what the fuck is that? Like, like um, he doesn't know what Terrifier is, and you're like, oh, I gotta watch Terrifier too. Yeah, it's like important that I watch Terrifier too. Yeah, yeah, okay, anyway, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but but before I watched Terrifier too, I watched I watched All Hallows Eve. So anyway, sorry, Terrifier is about this this guy called Art the Clown, um, and he's 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 this he's this character that was established in in this anthology series first called All Hallows Eve. Art the Clown is fucking horrible. He he's he's a terrible character to, to 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 watch and he's also just a boring serial killer terrifier one and all has eve i take real issue with because it's the look, violence against women is not a foreign concept in film or, or in horror films but watching terrifier is the first time that it truly feels gross and misogynistic and to say the word problematic it because re- the, the violence is so explicitly enacted upon women only and in a really kind of, in a really kind of exploitive way, but there is no merit to the exploitation. There is no fun in it. It just does feel self gratifying and, and hateful almost. Which I, you know, look, I don't, I don't feel that way about anything else. So the fact that Terrify made me feel that way is 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 crazy. Um, so I was really dreading watching this, but um, Terrify Two really fucking surprised me in that it was decent. It um, hold on. Jane mentioned serial killers. Uh, reminded me that I have to get an answer to this week's question <laughs> quickly. We've got like T minus two minutes here. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, what was that? No, no, no. Please continue. Uh, I heard you say, no, are you making fun of me? Yeah, no, yeah. we weren't no, at no. all. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, uh, Terrifier 2 is actually decent because it, it has a female character as, as, as its lead. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't use her as, as, as torture bait or as, 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 as some kind of rape thing. It, 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 she's a decent character, um, who's well explored. Um, the movie's too long, it's two hours long, but it has plenty of female characters that it actually does treat with respect and the kills, while they are still mostly on women, it doesn't feel as hateful. Um, and it, it was genuinely interesting at points uh so terrified too is a kind of recommend but art the clown still sucks ass and anyone that says he's a horror icon is an idiot <laughs> so, so i think it, people do say that oh yeah yeah big time yeah, yeah wow all right but most most improved sequel yeah one of honestly yeah wow all right nice very good. We definitely won't make you fun of you, Jan, I promise. Just so you know. So I, 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 Re-listen if you want. Yeah. As always, now comes the segment where we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, who is your favorite serial killer in fiction? Hopefully Fitzy's almost ready. Um, Dr. Luke wrote in and said, no effort answer is Patrick Bateman. I mean, it's a good answer. Um, and then he wrote a spoiler answer, which Jane removed, but it was a, a non-spoiler version, censored version of what he wrote is John Doe from Seven, which is another good answer. Mm, very so good. Very good. Very quality answers there from Dr. Lee. Thank you, Spooky. Um, Andy wrote in and said, my favorite serial killer is Hans from M, directed by Fritz Lang. Wow. Great connection back to previous episodes. Thank you, Andy. Um, definitely a film you guys remembered doing for the show. Much like Fitzy being the keeper of children, Hans is the children. I'm sorry, is the killer of children. And he does a great job of doing it, I'm sure. I bet Zach's favorite serial killer in fiction is the one from last night in Soho. He immensely enjoyed that plot twist and would probably think Edgar Wright has made the film of the decade. Um, Andy, I don't know why you had to make this about me in last night in Soho, but um, thank you for writing in. <laughs> I like. You brought it back to Hans for him. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think of it. No. At all. But obviously, that's like the whole movie. So incredibly valid answer. Very relevant to the show. So quality answer as well. Good answers this week. Thank you, guys. Jaden, I'll go to you. Who's your favorite serial killer in fiction? I don't know. I don't want to be boring. But like. There were a lot of boring answers when I, you know. Not those ones. Buffalo Bill, you know, type things. Right. Um. I think maybe I go to horror, you know, that, that, you know, that's where I am. Yeah. You know, I'm a fiend for horror. Yeah. I think Jigsaw is fantastic um, as as a, as a killer. His, 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 the elaborate traps and his philosophy is great, <laughs> but also Ghostface as a persona that that that, that people take on is, is also is also fantastic. Yeah, but you know, I think Jigsaw is a bit more fun in his kills. Okay, that's good. No, that's good going to horror because mm. yeah, you know, Hannibal would definitely be. Boring. No offense if you chose him, Fitzy. <laughs> no. Can you go first? I just want to say, I just want to look at some oh, options. Oh, no, no. I, I don't, no. Uh, I don't want to ruin the vibe if I go. Huh? No, okay, I'll go. Um, my answer is Kiefer Sutherland in Freeway. Um, where I think I talked about this 
movie on the show um, before, but he, he plays like it's a re- the movie's a retelling of Red Riding Hood. Um, but Kevin uh, Sutherland's like a you know he's like a hitchhiker picking up um, yeah serial murder uh, serial murderer um, and he's like very just very creepy in the film. Um, he picks up Reese Witherspoon, and it's just. It's just um, super, like, uncomfortable scenes with them uh, in the car and shit. Um, and he has just a very... Kiva Sutherland, in general, I think, is just... He plays, um, you know, creepy villains very well. Um, but in Freeway, he's just, like, very uh, very fantastic at it. So I'll, I'll say that's my favourite, but I like Jaden's um, shout-outs, you know. Ghost Race, definitely. Yeah. Most iconic. Yeah. Um, my answer, I've got, I've got my pop figure ready here right now. And, uh, my favorite serial killer in fiction is Nathan Drake. No doubt. This man has killed thousands of people <laughs> so many fucking times. And, uh, he also just happens to have literally, it has no impact on his conscience whatsoever. You know what I mean? He's just, he's a very charming man, very happy about it. Probably the best, most effective serial killer in that sense, you know what I mean? In terms of ratio of killed most people to gives less of a shit, you know? Because then you just get to the next cutscene and he's just cracking jokes. He's like, hey, that's killed like 100 mm. people since we last talked. But you know, My favourite serial killer is John Wick. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like your I don't, I don't like your answer. You, you think it's against the spirit of the question? Yeah. I think you're wrong because I think that the question was a bit boring. I think, did I come up with it? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. No, I like this. I like it. I stand by it. I really do. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, Nathan Drake. But he kills people, he kills people who's in the game, you know. They're out to get him. They're out to kill him. So that's fine. He doesn't need to feel guilty about it. He doesn't. He kills kills non-playable characters. So they're not, they're not like tangible. Like they don't have ideas and feelings, you know. He's not really killing anything. You see, no, okay, I disagree. That, that doesn't make any sense. That's, a, that's every character. Um, to answer Fitzy's point, I get, I get that a little bit more, a little bit more. Honestly, I came up with this because like, I thought all the serial killers were kind of boring. When I, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. But, okay, if I would actually, I like Fitzy's point. So if I were to evolve that in terms of like, you know, actually, he's actually killed people in terms of, you know, no ludonarrative dissidents involved. No bullshit, like oh, they motivation, whatever. Like someone who's actually motivated has chosen to kill people. Um, I know. I, could, I guess I go to Joel. You know. Oh yeah. Ellie. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. That makes more sense because Joel's more of a sociopath to me. Yeah. He's, he's, Joel is a serial killer. Like I think. Like yeah, I think. Yeah. Regard. You know. In 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 intent, he is a, a serial killer. He's a survivor. Hmm. Exactly. Yes, like Nathan Drake is like he, you know, just no one dude. would actually describe his character as a serial killer, genuinely. You know what I mean? But like Joel is objectively a serial killer. In as a character, you know, regardless of what you do in the game, regardless of that, just watch the show. He's a serial killer. You know what I mean? I think that. Shout out to Cersei Lannister. She's a serial killer. Yeah. No doubt about that. The the sept you know? going up or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. very efficient. Ooh. She's a terrorist, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite terrorist in fiction is Cersei Lannister. Yeah. That was like their version of 9-11, yeah. Culture, culture <laughs> changed what? completely after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way that people uh, 
had to buy and order uh, that wild flame thing. Really, uh, really revolutionized after that point. Mm. Yeah. That's What's right. it called, Zach? Right. Wildfire. Wildfire, yeah. Yeah. You couldn't yeah, just buy it really nearly on the street, you know. You had to get yeah, they, they started making movies about, you know, wildfire players. security. Players. Huh? They made, they made players about Players, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love that so much. I'm just going to always view that episode as, as 9-11 to Westeros. <laughs> oh, God. As always, we'd love you to submit your responses, thoughts, and or reviews for next week's film in the YouTube or Instagram comment section or join the Discord server this week. The specific question we'll be asking you is, you can make a prequel to anything. What would it be? Is, is that wording really okay? Did we? Was, is yeah. that okay? Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. I, I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. You make any prequel. You, can, you yeah. choose any prequel at all, uh, up to your imagination of an existing mm. story, franchise, whatever. What would it be? Let us know. I feel like there are some there is some great potential here. Some great answers. Um. So yes, very good. Yeah, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Thanks everyone for tuning in, Fitzy. What are we doing next week? We have finally built our way up to the final Hunger Games movie, but potentially maybe they'll do another one. Who knows? But um, the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, it's a new film released. Yeah, it's going to be in the cinemas. It's in the cinemas now. Um, it's a it's a prequel. That's why we're asking the question because it's a prequel to the Hunger Games, which focuses on uh Coriolanus Snow. Um, not Cornelius. Is Cornelius and his associates, um, and his band of you know merrymen. Um, so we'll uh, you know have fun. Excellent. Very good. Is this going to be the longest titled film we've reviewed? The Hunger Games. Um, I think long. I had to title something really long when you're away. What did we do? Indiana Jones. Oh, and the Kingdom uh, of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that's probably right, close. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. I guess we yeah. can count on our fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that shit. All right. Very good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this film. So we'll see how it goes. I guess just get another Hunger Games film, we need Suzanne to write another book, right? I guess. Yeah, that's what um the director was saying this week in an interview. He's like, um, whether it's a TV show or a movie, nothing's going to happen unless Suzanne writes a book. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know Suzanne was really involved in the films, like in the, the development of them. So mm. she's probably aware whatever she's going to write is going to be a film or a show. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate Liam and Jane for joining me as always. Have a great rest of your week, everyone, and goodbye.